To paraphrase Shakespeare, would a terrorist by any other name be as dangerous? Hi, this is Phil Gursky, President and CEO of Borealis Threat and Risk Consulting in Russell, Ontario, Canada. You're listening to Quick Hits, short podcasts about national security. The other day, my wife and I found a new series to watch on Netflix uh, called Medical Police. Now, apparently it is the successor to a former series about a bunch of doctors in a children's hospital. It's it's a comedy. It's not a serious program like the most medical programs are. And this particular series, which I believe has a couple of seasons under its belt, looks like a kind of 21st century mashup between comedy and counterterrorism. So the essential I guess, plot behind this series, as far as I can tell, is that there is this virus that has broken out in Brazil that's particularly lethal, and there are suspicions that it's being spread by terrorists. The series does get quite silly. I've only seen two episodes, but the Center for Disease Control is involved, looks like the CIA is involved, and these two doctors that work in this hospital have been caught up in trying to determine the origin of this virus, and they're hunting down terrorists as the last episode in Berlin. There's a scene in episode two that made me think about how we talk about terrorism, and hence hence the genesis of this particular podcast. The two doctors have found somebody whom they think is linked to the possible spread of this virus around the world. They find a notebook with uh, words like boom and 10 o'clock and place names, etc. And they locate this person with the help of a a guy in a van who seems to work for the Secret Service. But it's what happened next that I found really, really curious. The person that they have identified looks to be Muslim. And there's this conversation between the two doctors where they're challenging each other about preconceptions and stereotypes that they've made with respect to terrorism. They go back and forth as, well, of course, we're not targeting because he looks Muslim or because he looks Arab or because he looks etc, etc, etc. And there's this whole apologetic thing back and forth. You know, if he was a white guy, we'd be equally as concerned about the notebook we found, etc, etc. Why am I talking about this? There are people out there who are twisting themselves into incredible shapes to change the way we talk about terrorism. More specifically, the way we talk about Islamist terrorism. So think Al-Qaeda, think Islamic State, think the Taliban, think Al-Shabaab, think Boko Haram and the various Islamic State provinces in Africa and the Middle East and Asia. And there actually is this movement, particularly in the United Kingdom, but also here in Canada, where the police are considering dropping the terms Islamist terrorism and jihadis when they are describing attacks by those who claim Islam as their motive. And the proposed alternatives are, amongst amongst the proposed alternatives are, faith-based terrorism, terrorists abusing religious motivations, and adherence of Osama bin Laden's ideology. What do you think of that? Well, it's, it's complete and utter crap. First of all, the term Islamist terrorism is accurate. Islamism is not the same as Islam. 
Islamism is a political ideology. It's been well established in academia for decades now. We in the security services use it as well. Jihadis is a well-recognized term around the world for people who engage in violent action. Yes, jihad has multiple meanings in Arabic and in Islamic doctrine. But when you talk about jihadis, you're not talking about people who are trying to do good. There's a so-called lesser jihad and the greater jihad. I wrote a whole book called The Lesser Jihads back in 2017. Jihadi means terrorist. Pure and simple. There's no doubt as to the meaning and the extent of that term. Whereas faith-based terrorism suggests that any faith is involved. And in actual fact, as I wrote in When Religions Kill in 2019, yes, all faiths do have people who engage in violence using doctrine, using scriptural references, using divine inspiration. But in this case, it's not just any faith. It's a particular faith that's being used. That faith is Islam. Terrorists abusing religious motivations is equally as bland. It's equally as inaccurate. What religious motivations? You don't see a lot of Seventh-day Adventists blowing up places. You don't see a lot of Shinto Buddhists doing that in Japan. And as for adherence of Osama bin Laden's ideology, that's just categorically false. Osama bin Laden didn't invent the ideology. What Osama bin Laden wrote and said and believed in is based on centuries of previous scholars who laid the groundwork for today's modern Islamist extremism. The reason that I'm raising this is that I'm very worried we're going down a path where because of woke culture or cancel culture or whatever you want to call it, there are a lot of people out there who are trying to change the way that we refer to things. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. But at the end of the day, when you muddle the wa- muddy the water so much, you get to a point where you no longer understand what you're doing and why you're doing it. Let me give you a, a counterexample to see, to see this. Do you think anyone's suggesting that we don't use the terms white supremacism and white nationalism when referring to certain aspects of right-wing extremism, right-wing terrorism? Why aren't white people raising, up, raising their voices saying, that's terrible. It's not to do with whiteness. All white people aren't terrorists. You're insulting all of us based on our race. I don't hear the woke culture demanding those kinds of changes. The bottom line is, is that when you're working in counterterrorism, whether it's as a practitioner in the security services or law enforcement, or as part of civil society that engage in activities which are labeled as CVE or countering violent extremism, or if you're engaged at the, at the even further end of the stick, where you're trying to de-radicalize people who've been convicted of acts of terrorism or conspiracy to commit acts of terrorism. You can't do your job if you don't understand what it is you're trying to tackle, what you're trying to stop, what you're trying to undermine. And by using terms like religiously or faith-claimed terrorism or terrorists abusing religious motivations, you're missing the point. You can't defeat what you can't name. You cannot defeat what you fail to understand. And none of us who took our job seriously in the security service maintained or believed that all Muslims were potential terrorists or that Islam was inherently a faith that condones terrorism. Yes, there are people that believe that, and I've been shutting those people down for the better part of 25 years now. But the bottom line is, is that when you talk about this form of terrorism, you have to be able 
to accurately describe it. And it's not like those of us in counterterrorism told the terrorists which scripture to use, which imagery to employ, which great thinkers to emulate. We're not telling the terrorists to quote the Quran. We're not telling the terrorists to quote the Hadith, which are the sayings of the Prophet Muhammad. They're doing that on their own. And if you ask the terrorists, are you Muslim? Are you basing your violent acts on Islam? They would 100% say, absolutely. In fact, we're the only true Muslims. Everyone else we're targeting, including other Muslims who remain by far the greatest percentage of victims of Islamist extremism, those aren't real Muslims. That's why we're killing them. So can we please stop this ridiculous notion of wordplay and dumbing down vocabulary and over-political correctness? This is getting us nowhere. It might make some people feel good because you're not offending anybody. It sounds very Canadian to me. You know, Canadians always apologizing for this and apologizing for that. I'm sick and tired of my leaders apologizing on my behalf for things we may or may not have done in the past. Anyhow, sorry, bit of a rant there. We need to call Islamist extremism, Islamist extremism, because that's exactly what it is, a form of political violence that is based on a non-normative, non-mainstream, not majoritarian interpretation of Islam. But it is an interpretation of Islam. Anything else is ridiculous. This is why I quoted Shakespeare. You know, when you would, would a rose by any other name smell as sweet? Maybe it would, but it still a rose. Anyhow, that's what I think. What are your views on this naming policy or naming convention? These changes that are being demanded in how we talk about terrorism. Love to hear from you. You can reach me on email borealisrisk at gmail.com or on Twitter at borealisaves. You can also find me on LinkedIn and on Facebook. If you like this content and you want more, go to the website, borealisthreatenrisk.com. Hit the subscribe button. Get a free daily digest of podcasts such as these, longer Canadian Intelligence A podcasts, perspectives, and today in terrorism. You can also find a link to my newest book, The Peaceable Kingdom, A History of Terrorism in Canada from Confederation to the Present. It's only available on the website as it's self-published. You can go there, provide me with your information, and I'll send a signed copy in the mail to you once I receive payment. It's only $25 Canadian. Love to hear your feedback on this and other issues. Please drop me a line. I'll talk to you again soon. Until then, stay safe.